welcome to Shore Foundation Church. I am Pastor John. I'm so glad to be with you this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whenever you're listening. And we know that you are going to be tremendously blessed this morning. Praise God. Welcome to Shore Foundation Church. I'm going to open right up with the word of God this morning. And you're going to be so blessed. Encourage you to follow us online at shorefoundationchurchnj.org on Facebook and on YouTube at Shore Foundation Church NJ and on Instagram at Shore Foundation Church as we move forward in the Word of God here. We're going to turn over here this morning to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6, and then we'll pray. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1. And it says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he was flying. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. My eyes have seen the king the Lord of hosts. Father, we thank you for this day for waking us up. We thank you, Lord God, that your strength is in our is in our bones, Lord. We thank you that your word has given marrow to our bones. We thank you, Lord God, that your, that your word is even in our flesh, making our flesh whole and sound in every way. We thank you, Lord, that our hearts are beating with the rhythm of life, that we are, we are, that we are, um, that we are breathing by faith, Lord, that your faith breath is in our lungs. We thank you, Lord God, that as we give voice to the word of God this morning, that the ministering spirits uh, who minister on behalf of those who are heirs of the promise of salvation, those ministering spirits are moving at the sound of our voice. We thank you, Lord God, that, that the ministering spirits, that they are hastening over the word that we speak, the word that we pray, the word that we meditate, that they may perform it. And we thank you, Lord God, right now for the precious Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we, lead, we, we lean into you and we, we make way for you. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to have your way right now over these next few minutes. Lord, we ask you to speak unto us, speak expressly unto us in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord God, that we would be arrested as you would speak. We thank you, Lord God, that your word would take root in our hearts and our minds. We thank you, Father God, that your word would clear out anything that's not like you. And we thank you, Father God, that that you would that you that as you speak, we thank you, Father God, that your word would 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 minister and that you would make us whole. And now, Lord, behold the threatenings of the enemy, of our circumstances right now, the things that are troubling us, and grant unto your servant that with all boldness. I will make known the mystery of the gospel as I stretch forth your hand to heal, as I lift up my voice, you will speak through me, Lord, that signs and wonders might be done in the lives of all of those under the sound of my voice. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're in agreement with that prayer, say amen. And we're going to talk this morning 
about the importance of seeing the Lord. Hallelujah. The importance of revelation. The importance of revelation knowledge. If I had to choose a subtopic, I would say the topic for today is the importance of revelation. And the subtopic would be how God wants you to see him, how God wants you to, to find him in the word about what happens when we allow the Lord to take us deeper. Glory to God. So we're, talk, we're going to talk about the importance of revelation, about seeing the Lord, because as a blood-washed, spirit-filled person who is like Christ, so important that we reflect his glory in the earth. God wants you to reflect his glory with your spouse, with your siblings. God wants you to, when, 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 when people encounter you, when they in, interact with you, when they relate with you, God wants his glory to be reflected in the way that 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 you are relating to other people god wants to be glorified you know so it's possible for you to live in the same home with one of your siblings and the way that you treat your sibling just it, it it does something good to them it does something on the inside of their their heart their spirit it allows them to see the lord it allows them to see god's goodness in the way that you relate to your brother or your sister the same way you relate to your spouse, the way you relate to your, your son or your daughter, God wants to be glorified in that. And the way that we do that most effectively is when we are able to reflect the glory that comes from us being in God's presence. So we're going to talk this morning about the importance of seeing God. And we open up today with Isaiah chapter six about uh, King Uzziah. And it, it says in the king, it says in the year that King Uzziah died, says, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And I want you to focus on what Isaiah is saying here, is that he saw the Lord. So he saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, train filled the temple. Talks about how he saw, when he saw the Lord, he saw all kinds of other things. The Lord began to reveal unto him. And what I want you to see this morning as we move through the word of God is the importance of you seeing the word and seeing what's in the word, how God will let you to see other things. God will begin to reveal things unto you. And that's what revelation is. Revelation is, is not anything, it's not anything all deep. We know that there's a book of revelation. It's the final book of the Bible. We know that it's, it's uh, God, God revealing some of the events and many of the, um, the, the, well, many of the events and the timeline surrounding the transition from us uh, in this, in this, the word of God says, in this present evil world and us being, and uh, us moving into the world to come. Revelation is a precursor to that. So, but the power, the powerful thing about us spending time meditating the word of God and being in the presence of the Lord is God wants you to see him. Jesus wants you to see him in the word. And when you see him in the word, something happens, it makes you want to give him glory. It, it allows you to experience his glory. And then you can reflect that glory to other people. Because Isaiah said in verse three, and one cried unto another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And then it says in verse four, the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. The house was filled with smoke. Look at all that happens when we begin to see the Lord. And verse five says, then I said, you know what? I'm still undone. I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. We're going to talk this morning about the importance of seeing the Lord. So let's go over here to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, and we know 
uh, over here in John chapter one, we know that the apostle John, he's the disciple, the word of God says all throughout the book of John, the disciple that, that Jesus loved, you know? So he saw himself as somebody that Jesus loved. And I believe that John was always looking at Jesus. He was always perceiving Jesus and God gave him insight as to what, uh, as to what and as to who he was seeing. So we'll go over here to John chapter one and verse 19. And this is what it says. Actually, let me go back to verse, man, this is all good. Let me, let me go to verse 19. We'll go to some of these other verses later. Verse 19 says, and this is the record of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? And he confessed. Now this is um, talking about John the Baptist. Just very clear. This is the record of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, nope. Are you that prophet? He said, nope. Then they said unto him, well, who are you? That we may give an answer to them that sent us when they ask us who you said you are. Verse 20, I'm paraphrasing for you. Verse 23 says, and he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. Verse 24 says, and they which were sent were of the glory to God. This is so powerful because John the Baptist saw himself in the word. When he would read the book of Isaiah, he would read those scriptures about the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And when he saw that scripture, the spirit of God allowed him to see himself in the word. And he said, he said in verse 23, I am that voice of one crying. Now he read it in Isaiah, but now he's, because he's seen it in the book of Isaiah, he's seen it, he's seen the Lord. And now verse 23 says, he told those people that were inquiring, I am that voice that we all read about in Isaiah. He's, he's prophesying. He's saying that this was prophesied. This was me that was prophesied. Glory to God, this is powerful. You know, God wants you to find yourself in the word. You're in the word too. Just like John the Baptist was in the word, just like Jesus found himself in the word in the book of Isaiah, you can find yourself in the word if you'll find yourself in the word. Verse 23 says, he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah, glory to God. Then he made it plain and said, just like Isaiah said, see, now they were mistaken. They were mistaken because John the Baptist was so quick to quote the word. They said, well, who do you think you are? Are you, you think you're Isaiah? You think you're one of those prophets? He said, no, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, just like Isaiah said. Verse 24 says, and they which were sent were of the Pharisees. Verse 25 says, and they asked him and said unto him, why are you baptizing people then if you're not Christ or if you're not Elijah and if you're not that prophet, Isaiah? Verse 26 says, John answered them saying, I baptize with water. But there's standing one among you who you don't know yet, mm. says who you know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latch it, I am not worthy to unloose. Verse 28 says, these things were done in Bethabara, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. Now watch this, verse 29 says, and we're talking about the importance of seeing the Lord, the importance of revelation. We're going to define that in a minute. Verse 29 says, the next day, John saw Jesus coming unto him and said, behold, the lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Verse 30 says, this is he of whom I said, after me 
is coming a man which is preferred before me for he was before me. This is a whole lot that we're talking about right here. We're talking about the importance of revelation, the importance of you and I seeing the Lord on a daily basis. And we're gonna clarify that in a minute because I'm not talking about seeing the Lord physically, but I am talking about seeing the word physically. I'm not talking about seeing the Lord with your eyes, but I am talking about seeing the Lord figuratively and spiritually. And we can see the Lord figuratively and spiritually as we open up the perfect law of deliverance. We're going to get to that later. But verse 30 says, this is he of whom I said after me. So meaning this is John, the, the previous day, yesterday, he just got finished telling them there's somebody coming. There's somebody coming after me who is really before me. Verse 27 says, he it is who coming after me is preferred before me. John the Baptist is saying, there's somebody coming after me who was, who was really here before me but he's coming after me. Everybody else, you guys are gonna see him after me, but really he was before me. And this person, I'm not worthy to even, um, to loosen up his shoes. I'm not even worthy to loosen up his sandals. And, but then it says in verse 29, the next day, Jesus was coming to John. John saw Jesus coming to him and he said, behold, that's him. That's the lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. This is who is he of whom I said, after me cometh the man which preferred before me, for he was before me. Jesus always was, because we know earlier on in this chapter, verse one, it says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The word is Jesus. Verse 31 says, and I knew him not that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore, am I come baptizing with water? John is actually saying, I didn't, I knew, I know this man, Jesus of Nazareth, but I didn't know he was the lamb of God until today until the Holy Spirit revealed unto him, behold, see how John is seeing, he's seeing the Lord because it was revealed unto him that day that this Jesus of Nazareth, who was like a cousin to him, that's the lamb of God that's taken away the sin of the world. Verse 32 says, and John bear record saying, I saw the spirit. This is how John knew. This is how John saw that Jesus was the lamb of God. This is how Jesus, how, how John was able to behold that Jesus was the lamb of God. I'm getting excited. He says, because I saw the spirit descend from heaven like a dove. And when the spirit descended on this man, Jesus of Nazareth, as he was coming toward me, the spirit sat on him and it's in the spirit of God, like a dove, it's, it's, it, it descended on him, but then it abode on him. It lived on him, stayed with him. Verse 33 said, and I knew him not, for he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, upon whom, mm, glory to God. John is saying, John the Baptist is saying plainly, I didn't know for 33 years, I didn't know that Jesus of Nazareth, that he's the Lamb of God until this day. And he says, and then he says in verse 33, I knew him not, but he that sent me, that's the Father, he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the spirit descending and remaining on him, that's the Christ. The same as he that baptizes with the Holy Ghost. Verse 34 says, and I saw and bear record that this is the son of God. And verse 35 says, again, the next day after John stood, this is the next day. This is the, this is so the, the one day he says, Jesus is coming. The next day he sees Jesus. And then the day after that, the next day after John stood and two of his disciples and they're watching Jesus, looking upon Jesus as he walked and said, oh my God, there he is again. Behold, the Lamb of God. 
and that his two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Glory to God. This is powerful. Uh, we are talking about the importance of revelation. What's revelation, Pastor John? I'm glad you asked. When we talk about revelation, we're talking about, we're going to keep it simple this morning. We're talking about the Lord peeling back layers and allowing you to see him. We're talking about the Lord allowing you to see. We're talking about uncovering truth. We're talking about the Lord removing anything that's blocking you from seeing, removing all cloudiness, all obscurity. When we talk about revelation, we're talking about the Lord helping you and I to perceive. We're talking about the Lord helping you and I to understand on a deeper level. When we talk about revelation, we're talking about a, a reveal. We're talking about the, uh, us observing the Lord. We're talking about us looking into the things of God. You know, the Bible says, I want to get ahead of myself. The Bible says that there are things that the Lord wants to show you and I the Bible says such things the angels desire to look into. Glory to God, but they can't. The Lord wants us to be able to look into the perfect law of deliverance. <clears throat> Talk about revelation. We're talking about beholding. Just like it says that, G that John the Baptist said, behold, the Lamb of God. At that moment, the Lord did something to, to John's eyes, and he saw something that he didn't see for 33 years until that day. Don't you tell me that if you don't spend time in the word of God, that the spirit of God won't let you see something that you've never seen. Don't you, let, don't you tell me that it's not exciting as a blood-washed, spirit-filled believer to be in the presence of the Lord. Because every time you open up your Bible, you are giving the Lord an opportunity to reveal something, to, to show you something of himself that you, that you didn't see before. And when you see it, when you see that glory, you're going to be able to reflect that glory so that somebody else can be blessed. Because earlier on in this chapter, it talks about how we beheld his glory. It says, oh, I might as well read it. In John chapter 1 and verse 14, I'm getting ahead of myself. But it says, the word was made flesh and the word dwelt among us. And then it says, and we beheld, we saw his glory. The glory as, of only, as, as the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth. We're talking about the importance of revelation and how God wants you to see something every single day of your life. Every time you spend time in the word of God, the Lord is wanting to show you something. Glory to God. Do you, do, I want you to just think about that for a second, that God is not hiding from you. When you open up your Bible, the only way that you will miss God, people under the sound of my voice, man, woman, person, only way you miss God is if you want to miss God. Because if you start to seek the Lord as quickly as you want to seek the Lord, as as quickly as he wants to reveal himself to you. God's not hiding. Glory to God. It says in verse 12, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them which believe on his name. Keep on, go down to verse 14. And it says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. You know, now, if you go on earlier in this chapter, the Bible talks about how no man has seen the father. And that is true. But that's not true about the son. You know, we've not, we've not seen Father God, but we can see Jesus. We know how, I know we can see Jesus because we can see the word. And the Bible says that, that at, at one point in time, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And other brothers and sisters that are just like us, they saw Jesus in the flesh. But we can, be held, we can behold his glory. 
the glory of as the as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, as you and I open up the word of God, which is the perfect law of liberty, the perfect law of deliverance. When you read your Bible, you are, we said this over, over and over again in previous services, that when you open up your Bible, you are face to face with Jesus. And that's exactly where the Lord wants you because he wants to reveal his truth. He wants to reveal his grace. He wants to reveal his glory so that you can reflect it. Glory to God. So the importance of revelation is the importance of the Lord allowing us to see him, to for his truth to be uncovered in our lives, for him to remove all obscurity, for him to allow us to perceive him and to behold him and to understand him on a deeper level, to observe him, to, to look into him. God wants you to be able to, to fix your gaze upon him. He wants you to be enlightened. That's what it means when we see anything in the word of God about revelation, about a, a reveal, revealed knowledge. That's the Lord letting us see him. Glory to God. God wants to show you something. If you don't believe me, let's go over here to Psalm chapter 25. Psalm chapter 25. Glory to God. This is going to bless you. Psalm chapter 25. And we're going to look at verses 10 through 14. Glory to God. Stay with me. Not going to be long this morning. Verse 25, uh, chapter 25 of Psalm and verse 10 says, all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to those that keep his covenant and his testimonies. It's talking about you and me. Every path, glory to God, all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. Meaning if you stay close to the Lord, whatever path the Lord takes you on, it's going to be mercy on that path. Hallelujah. Say amen if you can use some mercy this morning. And then it's going to be some truth on that path. Then verse 11 says, for your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. This is you and me. Verse 12 says, what man is he that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he shall choose. Verse 13 says, his soul shall dwell at ease. Glory to God. And his seed shall inherit the earth. Here we go. Verse 14. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And watch this. It says, and he will show them his covenant. Verse 15 says, my eyes are ever toward the Lord. He shall pluck my feet out of the net. We're talking this morning about God wanting to show you something. You know, a lot of times when we are first born again, when we are immature in our relationship with Christ, we are still babes. We always feel like we need to see God. We always feel like we want to see the Lord do something. We need a sign. We need to, we need to see that the Lord is with us. And we, and, and we know that as we mature in Christ, as we get a little older, as we've been spending time in the Lord meditating and we become more mature in Christ, then we recognize that we walk by faith, not by sight. But I don't want you to confuse the fact that we are to walk by faith, not by sight. I don't want you to confuse that with the fact that there are things about God's character, about God's nature that he wants you to see. He wants you to, he wants to reveal unto him, uh, unto you. And we see that in verse 14, the secret of the Lord is, is with them that fear him. Now this is powerful because we know that not everybody fears the Lord. So that tells you and I that not everybody gets the secrets. Not every, so it's possible for you to work, to, for you to work or go to school or rub shoulders with, or sit beside on the bus, or sit next to on an airplane, somebody 
that doesn't fear the Lord and therefore they don't get that revelation. It says the secret of the Lord. That's talking about the revelation knowledge. Not everybody gets that revelation knowledge. You and I are, I'm grateful that I have it. Glory to God. I am grateful that I have a, rela a relationship with the Lord that causes me to fear him. And as a result, I get his secrets. The Lord tells me things that he may not be telling the person I go to work with every single day. And guess what? Because I got that revelation, I have some responsibility with that revelation. But it says in the part B of, 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 chapter, uh, of chapter 25, verse 14, and the Lord will show them his covenant. The Lord wants to show you something. He wants to show you his covenant. He wants to show you his promises. And when God shows you, he wants you to open up your eyes and look at it. He wants you to see it because there's something that happens to you when you allow the Lord to reveal, when you allow the Lord to reveal himself, when you behold the Lord, when you gaze, you know what happens to you? You become enlightened. Hallelujah. You, you receive that secret that the Lord has. You know, God is telling secrets all day long. You know why it's not hard for me to spend time with the Lord all throughout the day? Because I know when I spend time with the Lord, the Lord is revealing something to me. He's, he's going to show me something. He's going to tell me something. He's going to let me see something that I didn't see yesterday or that I didn't see last year. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And then verse 15, if, if just in case you're not clear about the importance that God wants you to see something. It says in verse 15, my eyes are ever towards, I'm going to keep my eyes on the Lord and he's going to take care of me. He's going to pluck my feet out of the net that the enemy tries to set for me. There is a danger that you and I are subject to if we are not seeing the Lord. We're going to get to that a little bit later, but God wants to show you something. He wants to show you himself. God wants to show you something and he wants you to see something and he doesn't want you to see it with your natural eyes, God wants you to see something with the real you, with your spirit eyes, with your uh, figuratively and in the spirit realm. God wants you to see something. And the way that you see it is in spending time in the word of God and prayer. Oh, you don't believe me. Let me let's, let's look at another verse. Joshua chapter one, just in case you don't believe me. Joshua chapter one, we've seen this before. Joshua chapter one and verse eight says, this book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but I shall meditate therein day and night hallelujah that means all the time just in case you don't recognize that why how do i know that means all the time because anytime that there that we're measuring time it's either day or night there's no in between anytime that time is going the calendar is moving it's always day and night so if the word says let us meditate there in day and night that means all the time because it's never it's never not day or night it's always one or the other and God says to meditate day and night. So God wants us to meditate day and night all the time that thou mayest observe. That word observe, that means to see. It means to perceive. It means that revealed knowledge is coming to us that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Hallelujah. And then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. We're talking this morning about the importance of revelation from God, the importance of God allowing us to see his glory. God wants you to see his glory, just like John the Baptist one day was prophesying that Jesus was coming, and the next day, the Spirit of God pulled a layer back that John hadn't seen before, 
And John saw, wait a minute, Jesus of Nazareth, Joseph and Mary's son, James' brother, wait a minute, that's him. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And it did something to John. And it did something to John's disciples. Glory to God. God wants to do that to you. He wants, he wants to do that to me. He wants us to meditate day and night. And if we meditate day and night, then thou mayest observe. Then you'll see. Glory to God. Then I'll see. The only dif the difference between somebody who has an active relationship with Jesus. Now watch this. Because some, somebody under the sound of my voice, you, 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 know, you know the word. You've been saved for a long time. But is your relationship with the Lord active or is it asleep? Is your fellowship with Jesus, I want to be clear this morning, is your fellowship with Jesus lying dormant or is it alive? If it's not alive, it's not alive if the Lord is not letting you, if the Lord is not revealing to you and you're not seeing, you're not gazing, then that means your relationship with the Lord is asleep. And if, you know what the Spirit of God says if that's you? He says, awake unto righteousness. He says, wake up if that's you. God says, wake up, get in my word, get in the place of prayer and let me reveal unto, unto you so that you can gaze, so that you can be enlightened, so that you can see me, so that my relationship, so that our relationship can be active again. Because it's a dangerous thing. We're gonna get into that in a minute, but it's a dangerous thing for us to know the Lord, for us to know the word, for us to, to admit to it, for us to have been acquainted with the things of God at one time, but does it, but are we still in it? Are we active in the word of God? And you always know you're active in the word of God because the spirit of God is revealing things to you. You're seeing, not so that you can be deep and tell people, guess what the Lord told me? Nope. But so that you can reflect his glory. Hallelujah. So that you're not a person with a form of godliness and no power. So that you're not like a cloud with no rain. So that you're not like a tree with no fruit. Glory to God. God wants us to be trees of righteousness that bear his fruit. That only happens if we are fellowshipping so that we can be, so that the Lord can reveal the abundance of his peace and his truth. Glory to God. That leads me to another verse of scripture that we're going to look at here. And Jeremiah chapter 33, talking about the importance of us receiving revelation from God, the importance of God uncovering things so that we can see them, so that we can behold, so that we can gaze, so that we can be enlightened. Verse 33, uh, chapter uh, 33 of Jeremiah and verse 6 says, behold, there it is again, look. That's when you, when you see behold in the word, that means look. Look, I will bring it health and cure, and I will cure them. And then here we go. It says, and I will reveal unto them. Don't you ever think that God doesn't want you to see something. That word reveal in Hebrew Gala, it means to re, it means to remove whatever whatever is covering something up is to remove that cover or to take away that layer. By de, by definition, it means to to denude. It means to disclose. It means to discover. You know the word discover. Uh, that means insight. That means us learning something that we didn't know. Discover. But if you break up the word, it means to discover something. It means to take that blanket off of something so that we can see what's really under there. It means to, you know, talking about the word reveal, it means to make something plain. It means to, to, to publish something for, for it to be widely known, for it to be clearly known. It means to remove whatever is 
is um, whatever is a is a distraction or to remove whatever is blocking. Glory to God. This is powerful. That's what the, that's what this word reveal reveal means in uh, in Jeremiah chapter thirty three and verse six. Hallelujah! Isn't that powerful? God wants to reveal unto us the abundance of his peace and truth. God wants you to see something this morning. There is an importance of revelation. As a believer, as a blood-washed, spirit-filled, like Christ person, you must be constantly seeing the Lord on a daily basis. Here's the, I'm going to give you one consequence right now of us not seeing the Lord. This is how you know God wants you to see him. In Psalm chapter 143, in verse 7, it says, hear me speedily, O Lord. This is Psalm 143, 7. Hear me speedily, O Lord. Hear me right now, O Lord. My spirit is failing. And then it says, hide not thy face from me. Because if I can't see the Lord, look what it says. I'll be like them that go down into the pit. God wants you to see him. It says in verse 7 of Psalm 143, hear me speedily, O Lord. My spirit is failing. Hide not thy face far from me, lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. Meaning if you don't see the Lord on a daily basis, if you're not spending time with the Lord so that you can see the Lord, so that he can reveal his glory. So you can say, behold the Lamb of God. If you're not spending time with the Lord on a daily basis, then you're just like somebody that goes, that's going down. You're just like those who are not like Christ, like those that are headed for destruction, those that are going down into the pit. It says when when the Lord's face is hidden from me, I'm just like somebody that's going to, this, to the way of destruction, to the path of destruction, to those that are going down into the pit. Somebody say amen to that. The important, this is we're talking about the importance of you seeing the Lord on a daily basis. You know, and, the, and here's the other thing is when you see the Lord, you know, there's something about seeing the Lord. It allows you to be seen of the Lord. You know, one of the things that I love about spending time in God's presence and letting the, you know, looking into, looking with my eyes, the perfect law of deliverance. What I love about that is it's almost like I can feel the Lord looking at me back. I can feel, I, it's like I can feel myself face to face with Almighty God. And if you stay face to face with Almighty God, then your marriage can't stay the same. It's going to get better. If you stay face to face with Jesus this time next year, your financial situation, it cannot be the same. It's got to be better if you're face-to-face -face with the Lord. If you stay face-to-face -face with the Lord, your relationship with your friends must improve or you'll get new friends. Hallelujah. Because when you've been in God's presence, what happens is his glory starts to become seen in you. And your friends that are around you right now, if they can't take it, you'll lose them. But then the friends that God wants to give you, they'll be attracted to the glory of God that's in you. God will give you new friends a year from now if you stay in God's presence, but you gotta stay there. Gotta, that's the key. That is the key, saints. The key is that we see the Lord on a daily basis. How do you see the Lord? By seeing the word, glory to God. I'm gonna go back to one scripture just to drive this home. And, I'm, I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna start closing here. John chapter one. I'm gonna go back to John chapter one. We've been all in John chapter one today. Verse 12 says, as many as received him, that's talking about you and me, but it's also excluding some of somebody else. It says, only those that received him, to them gives he the power to become the sons of God, even to them which believe on his name. Meaning those who believe in the Lord 
Those who receive the Lord, those are the ones that are sons, that are sons of God and the daughters of God. But, but that's it. Got to receive them. Got to believe them. Verse 14, we're in John chapter 1, says the word was made flesh, dwelt among us, and we saw, we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, I want you to see another verse here. Glory to God. This is going to bless you. Because it, word of God talks about, here it is, verse 18. It says, no man has seen God. This is powerful. It says, no man has seen God at any time. Then it says, the only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. He's seen him, right? So now if we, if no man has seen God at any time, except Jesus, but God is telling you and I this morning, and we can see it in John chapter one, that Jesus is revealing himself, that we can't see God, but we can see Jesus. He's revealing himself. And in us seeing Jesus, well, then we've seen the father. We see that later on in the book of John. I'm not, I hope I'm not going too deep for you. Stay with me. But we see that later on in the book of John, when, when, John, when, when uh, Jesus tells the disciples before he's getting ready to get arrested, the night before he's going to prayer and He's going to be sweating great drops of blood. He's going to be arrested. He's going to be uh, in jail, getting beat, and on the, uh, getting ready to go to the cross. Before all of that, Jesus tells the disciples you, that, that he basically tells the disciples that, that you've all seen, you, that you guys know where I'm going. You know where I came from, and you know where I'm going. And one, and, and one of the disciples says, well, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and how can we know the way? And then he tells them that, that, that they've seen the Lord, they've seen the Father, and then they, they, they say to him, well, hold on. No, we haven't. And then Jesus says, yes, you have. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus, he actually gets a little irritated at that moment. He says, how long have I been with you guys? How, how, you know, and then, and, then he, and then he doesn't say all of this, but Jesus knows that three of the 12, he took and was transfigured before them. The other, the other nine didn't even see all of that, but, he, but, they, but still, they all beheld his glory. What, what's your point, Pastor John? My point is that if you have opened up your word, you've seen the Father. Perhaps you haven't seen the father physically, but you've seen the father where it counts. You've seen the, the father with your spirit eyes, your spiritual eyes, your gaze spiritually has been fixed on the father. And we know that's right because you start to see God's glory in your life. I, I can see God's glory in my life, but I know it's not my doing. It's because I've allowed the Lord to reveal himself unto me. I've allowed the Lord to allow me to see him. I've allowed the Lord to uncover his truth. I've allowed the Lord to remove all obscurity from my life, all darkness, all distraction, so that I can see him. I've allowed the Lord to help me to perceive him, to help me to understand him, to help me to, to see him on a deeper level, to help me to observe, to help me to look into the perfect law of deliverance. I've allowed the Lord to help me to behold him, to gaze, and to be enlightened by what I see. Glory to God. I want to show you a couple more scriptures as we close here, talking about the importance of revelation, the importance of you and I allowing the Lord to reveal himself unto us and us gazing, us beholding the Lamb of God who took the sins of the world, us beholding his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Now, I told you earlier that there was a danger in us losing sight of Jesus, of us not seeing the Lord. And I gave you the word, the, the one verse in Psalm 143, 7, that says that we, if the Lord is hidden from us, if we can't see the Lord, then we're like those that go down into the pit, right? That's the one thing. But here's another verse 
to kind of drive that home in Hebrews chapter six, he says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on into perfection. Let us go on into maturity. You know, that's basically the spirit of God saying that if you have been saved for X amount of time, you can fill in the blank. You can fill it in. You should not still be the same. If you are, you're in danger. Now, I want, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that one more time. If you've been saved for X amount of time, you know how long you've been saved and you are still the same, you're in danger. We shouldn't, should, we shouldn't still be the same because it says right here in Hebrew chapter six and verse one, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ that we first got when we first got saved, it says, let us go on into perfection or let us go on into maturity, meaning you should have learned something, you know, N not because, not, not just because you are aging chronologically, you should be aging in your relationship with the Lord and allowing the Lord to reveal more. You should be able to see more. The Lord should be able to reveal more. So not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Verse two says of the doctrine of baptisms, of the laying on of hands, of the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And verse three says, now watch this. It says, and this will we do if God permit. Oh, wow. Why? Here we go. Verse four, for it is impossible. Now, now we know, you know, that we don't see that lightly in the word of God where the impossible, because we know the Bible says with all with God, all things are possible. Right, but this is now he's preaching to the Hebrews and he says it is impossible for those who were once enlightened, those who once have, re have received the revelation of God, those who God has revealed something and they saw something. This is powerful and this is dangerous and this is kind of sobering for all of us. It is impossible for those who once have seen something, those who were once enlightened and they have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they fall away after seeing what they saw, that there's the warning. It's, it's impossible if they fall away, verse six, to renew them again unto repentance. Why? Because they have crucified to themselves the son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. What's all of that saying, Pastor John? What we're saying is that God wants to show you something and when God shows you something and you see it, you'll never be the same again. And God will allow you to behold his glory. And then God will allow you to reflect that glory. But God is saying to be careful with this thing that God, that he's showing you, this is precious. And if, if you see it and then you go back to perdition, if we put our hands to the plow and we look back, then the word of God says we're not fit for the kingdom. So there's a responsibility that comes with what God is about to show you. Now, I'm getting excited about this because somebody right now is in a place where they have begun to go into a backslidden state. And the only time that we slide back into perdition is if we are, is if we are not staying in the presence of the Lord. God wants your eyes to be fixed. He wants your gaze to be fixed constantly on him and if your gaze is fixed constantly on him then there'll be no room for the things of the flesh there'll be no room for the things of the world there'll be no room for the pride of life there'll be no room for the things that the enemy wants to distract you with there'll be no room for fear there'll be no room for uh intimidation there'll be no room for depression or oppression or, or repression there'll be no room for addiction the more our eyes stay fixed on the lord because because there's something about the lord that when we see him it's a, that right there in and of itself draws us in. And we're like, we're like David in Psalm chapter 27, when he said, this one thing I desire, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord 
all the days of my life to behold, to see. Glory to God. There it is again. To be revealed unto me. Glory to God. He said to behold the, the, uh, and to the goodness of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Glory to God. God wants you to see something this morning. God wants to reveal something unto you this morning that when you see it, you won't be the same again. The Bible says, we already saw it in Psalm chapter 25, verse 14, that the Lord wants to reveal unto you his secrets. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. He will show them his covenant. God wants to reveal it. He wants to show it to you. Then it says in Psalm chapter 34 and verse 8, it says, oh, taste and see. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. We saw in Hebrews chapter 6, we, all, we, all, we already saw it, that, that when the Lord shows you something, it's almost, it's the equivalent of you tasting it too. And, 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 we, and we saw it's impossible if the Lord shows you and you taste the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. It's impossible if we draw back, you know, to, to, to that, that it's a dangerous place. It's a dangerous place. God wants you to taste and see, and he wants you to stay right there. He wants you to always be, have a, a always have a fixed gaze upon him. Glory to God, because it does something to you. It changes you, you know? It's the Lord, it allows the Lord to, to uncover things about his nature so that we, so that you can, you and I can become a partaker of his divine nature. It says in verse uh, eight of Psalm 34, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that, that trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no one, there is no lack to them that fear him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to pray with you. Father, we thank you right now for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for your glory. We thank you, Lord God, that you are ready to reveal yourself unto us as often as we will approach the, the throne. Hallelujah. The throne of grace. You are ready to reveal yourself unto us. Lord, you are ready to reveal as much of your glory as we can take in this moment. So, Lord, help us to be hungry and thirsty for your presence. Lord, help every young person to be hungry and thirsty for your presence more than they're hungry or thirsty for anything else. Lord, we thank you that social media, that, that the grip of social media is loosened from our lives and that your presence and, and the revelation of, your, of your, your glory, that that has a greater grip. We thank you, Lord God, that that uh, the things in the world, the, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life have lost their grip on, on your people. And that, the, that there is a solid grip of your presence, of being hungry and thirsty for the, for the revelation of the spirit of God, who is the spirit of truth. Glory to God. I want to give you one more verse, one more verse, um, Ephesians chapter one. And verse 17 says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, wants to give unto you and unto me the Holy Spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. Why does the Holy, why does God want, want to reveal, wants to give unto you and I the Holy Spirit of wisdom and revelation? Because when it happened, because when we receive the Holy Spirit of revelation and wisdom and knowledge of him, the eyes of our understanding, there it goes again, the eyes of our understanding become enlightened we begin to see something that we didn't see before we begin to see god's glory and it says when that happens then we will know what is the hope of his calling in our lives we will 
we will begin to experience the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And verse 19 says, and then we will also receive the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. But all of that comes the eyes from the eyes of our understanding being enlightened because the spirit of God wants to give unto you and I the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. What am I saying? Pastor John is saying that if you guys, if I will spend time in the presence of the Lord, the Lord will reveal. God wants to show you something. And what God wants to show you, when you see it, you'll never be the same again. When God shows you what he's going to show you, what he showed you yesterday will, will cause you to be a different person the next day. And what he showed you today will make you a new person tomorrow. And what God is revealing unto you in 2022, you need that if Jesus tarries and we're still here in 2023, because you won't be the same in 2023. See how the Lord is always making us new? That, that, that's the promise in Revelation. In the book of Revelation, Jesus says, I make all things new. I encourage you in the Lord today. I encourage you to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I encourage you to make way, make way for with the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Make way. That means, you know, even though it's the playoffs, even though it's a big fight tonight, I might have to miss it so I can be in God's presence because you never know when the Lord is going to show you something special and you don't want to miss it. If, you, if, you're, if you're in agreement, just say amen. Say, I receive it. And I encourage you in the Lord. Lord bless you. We will see you next time. Thanks for joining us.